This episode of Almost Blurreds is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. I recently started running and Liquid IV has really come in handy. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. What I love most about Liquid IV is the convenient packaging, how it makes me feel on a daily basis, and the assortment of flavors you can get, such as strawberry lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, just to name a few. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. So, Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ALMOSTBLURREDS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code ALMOSTBLURREDS at liquidiv.com. Now let's get into the show. Almost Blurreds. It's your girl, Dove Cat. I'm your girl, Dove Cat. Dove Cat. Almost Blurred. So it's your boy, JB. JB. Almost Blurred. And this is almost blurs. I look crazy. Sitting here wondering what I'm going to say. And per the use, I don't know what I'm going to say. So I'm just going to welcome you all. Welcome to another episode of Almost Blurs. It is your girl, Dove Cat. And then the voice you haven't heard yet is no. you. Who is you? Me is JB. Okay. I'm JB. I'm JB. Oh. Lord have mercy. Are you enjoying your holiday? Oh, I'm I'm feeling feeling old. Oh all... I will say that my sister said that she thought coming up here was gonna be a cakewalk for her when it came to like hanging out and drinking. And then she said very quickly that those almost forty somethings, um they know how to do this. And because uh, on the first night we went to like uh, this big spot that had like a karaoke room and everything. We did that drinking, blah, blah, blah. And then my sister was like, OK, well, that means I can go home and go ahead and start prepping for food. And then she realized that that's not what was going to happen, that we were actually going to another destination. Let me say this, right? Like, we are both of a particular age, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like we probably got one, maybe two nights, like consecutive, like back to back. And then that's it. But when we're in that night or in that, you know, we're out, it's like we haven't yeah, but- lost any time. Mm-mm. It's like this is 2006 or seven. Okay, Mm -hmm. we are in our prime. We are dipping it and doing it. We are dripping, dripping. We are drinking and having the time of our lives. Okay, and then we trick ourselves into thinking that we could really actually do this every night, every weekend. Mm -hmm. Until the next day when you wake up and you feel like you've been in a bar fight, a car accident, a brawl, and then you're reminded, I'm almost 40. Okay. You sit Almost back four. and you're like, you know what? This happened this day. I can do this once a quarter. Once it's- <laughs> a quarter. 
I don't understand. I mean, occasional drink here and there, but if you're going hard at this big age, once a quarter. Let me tell you something. I don't know. I think people who are around our age, if not older, are taking crack in order to keep up because there's just no way that you're doing it like regularly. I don't care how right. good you eat. I don't know how. I don't care how clean you eat. I don't care if you work out. Okay. Mm-hmm. At a particular age, your body just starts to shut down. I'm sorry. I'm feeling it in the mornings when I wake up. So if I'm feeling it and I'm fairly active, fairly healthy, if I'm feeling it, I know you crackheads are feeling it too. You just don't crack and you can't tell. I agree. I agree. But yes, if that was going to be anything that I was going to say, that's kind of like my my advice. As, you know, late 40-something, well, and 30-somethings, whatever you are, you still got it. You still have it. Just not for long periods of time. <laughs> but when you have it, you have a moment of greatness where you feel 30% like you used to when you were younger. <laughs> and, you know, that's all you need to get through the night. That's all you need. So y'all still got it. And you young ones, y'all don't want to mess with us on a good day. You don't. You don't. When I have had a nap, I am well fed and I'm drinking. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can't. You know, watch y'all. We're going to see how, how well she holds up to this when um, her birthday trip comes up this year. I'm taking crack. No. I'm not. I'm not taking crack. But I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, I have a feeling that energy drinks will be involved. Naps will also be involved. I mean, Um, just get a um, vodka and Red Bull. You can have your energy drink the whole time. We're going to do it. It's going to do it. And let me tell you something. I'm going to do this, have the time of my life, and then I probably won't party no more until 2020. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. I'm excited. But anyways, I do have some advice for the people. Mm -hmm. And then I can roll it into my icebreaker Mm because it's relevant to our ages. So twofold, the advice is don't be afraid of growing older. Okay. Don't be afraid to, to be old and not whatever, whatever, because the clarity that I have now, a little bit of wisdom that I have now is just unmatched to who I was like in my twenties, my teens and my twenties. And like, even like the early part of my thirties, I just, there's some clarity there that hasn't always been there that I'm more aware of now. And that's just golden. And it's been able to allow me to like make certain decisions and feel certain way about certain things and not be bothered by other things that that would probably irk my soul if I was younger. But I'm at an age now where I just don't care. Mm. I just don't care. I am at the age where if you like it, I love it. That's your opinion. You got it. I don't care enough to change your mind. I don't care to give a counter offer. Okay. If you did it, you did it. That's on you. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Now, how that rolls into the iceberg. I don't know if you've been on, um, excuse me, the icebreaker. 
I don't know if you've been on TikTok where like they're doing the 80s aesthetic with like apartments mm. and penthouses. Okay. So of course I'll probably have to send you some videos, but I've been doing this a lot. So this guy came up on my Instagram, right? Where he's playing like music, not playing it. He's like creating or composing music from like the eighties. And he'll be like, it'll be something like on my way or like, he's like, it's like a movie, right? On my way to a drug heist. And he's playing the music from that time for like, like, I don't know, like, What's a cop movie from the 80s? Did Beverly Hills Cop come out? That's a good one. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. That think about that and the mm-hmm. song that was playing, or a type of song that would be playing when they're on their way to break up something, right? And mm-hmm. he's doing that. And it's hilarious because it takes me back because I remember these movies coming on like in the 90s and stuff. And if you know, they're like straight to TV movies. And I remember, I remember the music and it cracks me up every single time, right? That type of stuff has been coming across my algorithm on TikTok. TikTok. And then on top of that, with the movies and the music and stuff from those movies from the 80s, you have the 80s aesthetic, right? Where people are showing like pictures of what they thought their life would be. Like back in the 80s, you see these people with these penthouses and these nice apartments and stuff that they probably paid $25 for that would cost us $25,000 now. But I'll have to send it to you. And they have music playing in the background. I got to let me find it and I'm going to send it to you. And you're going to be like, memory unlocked. Okay. Okay. Wow. I don't really have an icebreaker this week. I have been invested in this party that happened last weekend and um, the U.S. Open. So mm. shout out to Coco Golf. I've been shout kind out of watching to Madison it a Keys. You know, I'm just shout out to Ostapinka for taking down the number one ranked woman in the uh, world. So mm. that's where my mind is. That's actually what I was laying on the couch doing when Dovecat was running late today. So see how I was, you um, me? Do you see it? I was, I was, you know, watching tennis then. And for the first time ever, two black men will be in the quarterfinal in the U.S. Open. So we got T.O.F.O. Who the other one? Um, ben, uh, ben Shelton. Let me look him up. I don't know these. none of these people. Yeah. Yeah, his dad is black. His mom is white. Uh, of but his dad has been like his um his coach. I think his dad coached at a university, and he ended up going there, and he's still being took coached by him now. But he's pretty young, and he looks um, like it. he's playing really well. Playing really, really well. He actually has clocked the fastest serve at the U.S. Open this year at one hundred and forty nine miles an hour. So Jesus. You know it's crazy. And then the fastest serve by a, a woman is a black girl named Alicia Parks. She hit How one that was one twenty, one twenty nine or one twenty something, uh-huh. something up there close to one thirty. You know I don't do sports, right? I don't. But because I've married to a sports fanatic, things are kind of getting on me by osmosis, right? So mm-hmm. I'm watching this stuff as it's on the TV. Um, and I'm watching Coco 
And um, I'm watching TFO. Those are the only people that I recognize. And I just think it's interesting that, you know, I know a little bit about tennis, but not much. I enjoy it. And then when you said something about the serve, it made me think about when I'm watching baseball and I can't get over how fast the pitches are. Mm-hmm. I cannot get over how fast mm-hmm. they are. And then I can't get over when they make contact with the body. That I can't get over. Right. I even think about the contact with the bat because I think about the the vibration that has to happen immediately for something hitting something that hard. Yeah. yeah. What's mm-hmm. that baby's name? Let me find him. And then we have to move on. I also sent you a, a TikTok video. Um, is it Ohani? Otani? I think mm-hmm. it's Otani. Is it Otani? I think it's Otani. Anyways, yes. Otani, who plays for the Angels. One of his videos came across my TikTok, and I swear to God, the sound of him making contact with that ball, like the cracking noise that he made, I was like, it's dangerous, and they be hitting people's bodies. No wonder they be hurt. Yeah, show that. Otani. Well, the way he, I'm going to have to send it to you too, but the way he hit that ball, I just, but anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I have for my icebreaker. So I guess we can go ahead and get into blurdy news. Okay, blurdy news. So I'm going to start with, well, I'm going to just say that looking at a lot of stuff that's been reported, there really hasn't been much that's been out, despite mm-hmm. the fact that Ahsoka's out. One thing that did come across is that they feel like um, people aren't really watching uh, Ahsoka. And then someone was able to provide some type of viewership data. This is from Samba TV, which I'm not sure what Samba TV is. But they said that in the first six, no, in the first six days on Disney Plus, Ahsoka was only watched by 1.2 million households. And that is below the Book of Boba Fett, which was 1.9. And Obi-Wan Kenobi was 2.14 million. So they're saying that, you know, it doesn't appear that people are watching. I don't even know if I'm shocked at all by this, because even if it was a great series and I've been enjoying it so far, Mm -hmm. and even if a lot of this... I just feel like we're at this point right now. There's a lot of negativity with anything associated with Disney right now when it comes to media, because, you Mm -hmm. know, the fanboys have been mad on the Star Wars side of things. They've been mad on the Marvel side of things. They've been mad at their animation. It's a lot of things that just people aren't happy with in general, Mm -hmm. because I guess the climate that we're in right now. So I just don't know if I expect it the numbers to be that high for this. I mean, people were already upset when they realized that none of the main characters were really going to be men. That's the real thing. Like, let's, let's, let me calm down. Let's just call this what it is. Okay. It's misogyny. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I, there's, I know that men love to say, oh, it's not all men, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that's a given. No, it's not. But the reason why this show is not doing as well as it should is is because of misogyny. I am, and Ahsoka's popular from what I understand. 
Yeah, I don't think she was initially popular, but I think as her character grew, her fan base grew, and now she's a really popular character. And she's being played by Rosario Dawson. I mean... Right. This is not some unknown, so I don't know. This show is good, and we can talk about it later. I'm enjoying it a lot. I am too, and I... And we'll talk about that later. I just, you know, this was really the only bit of news that I could find that was worth talking about for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm just shocked at how quiet things have been on that end. But on the DC side, first, they are reporting that The Flash isn't even being watched by people through streaming. So they're claiming that The Flash had a disappointing debut on Max with only 1.1 million households streaming it, making it the second lowest debut for a DC title. The first is Shazam, Furious, the Fury of the Gods. Apparently that only debuted with um, 260,000 households watching that, when it, which is mm. really low. But... Um, I think that this should prove to them and to a lot of these uh, studios that if you have, you are actively supporting someone that is trash and you still release it, we will not go. <laughs> we will not support it. People aren't even watching it on a subscription they've already been paying for. That says a lot. <laughs> when I tell you that white supremacy be kicking y'all and biting y'all in the ass every time. The fact that you thought that we were just going to forget about the fact that Ezra ass is out here doing all types of shenanigans and we were going to support a film. And then on top of that, you have the nerve for it not even to be that great when everybody has hyped it all up. Please. Please. Yeah. And you, even though you haven't watched the full movie yet, right? I haven't even play but you the fact that you saw that sequence that about the cgi that everyone was complaining about that's one of the main sequences that the director was trying to say was intentional for it to be trash for him that it looked so bad <laughs> to look like you know what he looked like and this is horrible this is horrible right and this is no shade to that video game that i sent you were they humping? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me. Bald- That's what Henry Cavill Baldur's looked like. Gate. In a movie Bald- where y'all have incredibly so more bad. money. And there are other sequences, but that one in particular was really bad. And my guess is that this is what I'm going to throw out a theory for why this happens. Some of the people who are being referenced in that that little sequence are alive, but there are a number of them that are not. And they probably didn't know how to do real people and invest enough in the special effects for the other people to actually look real. So they just went this route because so y'all at didn't least have then enough they'll money. all look terrible. Right. So y'all didn't have enough money. And this is, I don't know. I haven't watched the movie. Y'all don't have to spoil it. I'll watch it at some point. I know that it's trash and I'm going into it knowing that it's trash. But y'all couldn't have dropped maybe a couple million dollars to Henry Cavill to actually have him in the movie. Actually have him in the movie instead of what y'all gave us. 
Because at that but point, then they would have also had to done that with Nicolas Cage too. They would have had to do that with everyone who was a real, well, now, a live person. Now Nicolas Cage don't look the way he did. Mm-hmm. It would have been. It's one thing to have Nicholas. Like I feel like Henry Cavill is different because he's not that far removed from Superman. Right. But I feel mm-hmm. like because Nicolas Cage was rumored or was hired to be Superman years ago when his face looked a lot different. I don't know. I think it's different. There ain't no way you can have the real Nicolas Cage up to no, date. But, but you but you can't have a real version. Why would you have a digital version for someone who is alive in a movie where right. someone else was alive and you brought them in? <laughs> like it would be that, okay. weird. Then on top of that, okay, okay. But with that being said, right? Like, what's the point of having Nicolas Cage anyway? Of something that never was. But they, but people knew about it. They saw this as a good opportunity to do just like these movies, like Spider-Man No Way Home, that fan service. You're giving some people something that they've been wanting and they never thought they were going to get. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to see a version, see it because they had the promo material released. That was the thing. They knew that it had gone far enough for them to get to that point. And they're like, well, why don't we get to see something like that then? Okay, I get that, right? I get all of that. I get what you're saying. But in order to, in my opinion, for it to be like fan service is if we had had mm-hmm. a film with Nicolas Cage actually premiere and we were able to watch it. But I don't, I don't know if that's the case because we we get a lot of that with other stuff. Like look at Marvel, for example. We're getting fan service based off of like WandaVision fan service. We were okay with the fact that the whole story from WandaVision, which was the whole losing the kids and everything was about to be we introducing new ideas is like a form of fan service for people who are aware of what the source material was. And that's what that is with Nicolas Cage. People knew that it happened and they wanted to see it. I just, I, it makes sense to me. Okay. I guess. But, uh, like, like, uh, it would have made even more sense if they allowed his real body to be in it. In a way, they can't do that. Have you seen his face? And this is no shade. I know that I just said. No, that but you if need they can leave. correct people's faces digitally, like they've done with elderly people, they did it with Samuel Jackson. They did it with Patrick Stewart. They did it they with Ian. To do with Samuel, okay. Did you have see you, what they did with uh, Patrick Stewart? They had some, have, have you seen it? I just, in my mind, I know I might be jumping off into the deep end, but allow me to take your place in this. I get it. I get what he used to look like, right? And that <laughs> is the Superman that we would be getting from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But in order to use Nicolas Cage, his likeness, his actual mm-hmm. face right now, they would probably be spending more money on making him look younger than probably what they spent on the whole thing. Nicholas Cage does it, not look... He has tweaked. I get it. It makes sense. But at the same, you can't have a digital things. person of a live person who's actively still acting. It's not a Superman. It turn him into something digital. I just think that would be really, really crazy. <laughs> it's, it's all crazy. The fact that y'all want to put <laughs> Nicholas Cage in there in the first place, like, I get it. 
I'm, let me know. I'm not being contrary and just to be disagreeable. I'm just really not. I <laughs> She's get, being Charlemagne today. <laughs> I get, I, right. I get that he was, I know, I remember them talking about them doing another film and it being him. I remember all of that. I do. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know. I guess it is fan service because people back then wanted to see Nicolas Cage with Robert the Chance. So they wanted to come back and watch this and see a very bad CGI of him, then I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what? And then that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to feel like I am um, trying to shame Nicolas Cage for what he has done to his face. But what I am saying is that the Nicolas Cage of today, there is no way that they could put him in a Superman suit and for him to look the way that he does right now. But that's also assuming that Nicolas Cage wouldn't go through the same process that anybody else is to get fit for a movie. Nicholas Cage is of a particular age. He don't care. No, but you're talking about what actor would get hired for something like that and be like, <laughs> they go get whatever they get. What they tell you know what's crazy? They tell <laughs> us all the time, these folks at Marvel, like you like okay, Kumail, right? They made mm-hmm. him get big. For what? But he would need to be big for Superman. So he can't just be like, oh, I'm not and going to. This is gonna, I mean, WB's going to be like, sure, go right ahead. This, it's Superman and Lois, he's wearing a, a muscle suit. It is clear. Well, throw Nicolas Cage in that too. Bye. You, 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 you just gave us another option for why it could work in I'm using not, the real person. Thank you. I appreciate it. your help there. I'm not seeing it for Nicolas Cage. I am seeing it. He is Spider-Man Noir. I, I can see it. I get it. It fits him very well. Mm. But having him in this new Flash film as a Superman of yesteryear, I just... Mm-hmm. But okay, you're right. You're right. I'm just saying. You're right. Okay. Let's see. What's next? What's next? What's next? So, since we're talking about losses... um. Well, we were talking about losses with the Flash, and then we just got into on this whole tangent about this Nicholas Cage thing. So, if we're going back to that, <laughs> WB and DC have suffered what they're saying is a record-breaking box office loss because of their movies this year. So, going down the list, they basically said that Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, they feel like it may have made up a little bit of the cost through like, not when it was streaming, but you know, when people could buy it on demand or whatever like that. So they're thinking that it only lost 14 million because of that. Cause a lot of people were estimating that it made a little under 150 million from the home entertainment stuff. Mm-hmm. So not too bad. Only fourteen million. A lot of people probably would have expected that to be a lot higher, but I don't think I know that I movie had that much of a, its budget wasn't as big as some of these other ones. Like you know, Black Adam, I think had two hundred and fifty million. I think this was kind of on the lower end. Okay, so the Flash. We already know box office wise, it did not perform very well. I think it only was it worldwide two hundred and sixty eight million. They're saying that the production budget was two hundred million by itself, and marketing one hundred and fifty million of that was spent. So, 
all in $350 million. They feel like it did probably perform a little bit better on demand. It just doesn't appear like it's translating on max. So they're like uh, thinking that it actually made between 150 and 200 million. So it may only lose 65 million dollars. Mm. And then we have Blue Beetle. That breaks my heart. It does. It gets me. I can't stand it. But they are thinking that by the end of its run, it may combined with um, international sales may make 140 to 170 million. What was the budget? They're saying that the budget for it was a little bit lower. So it was, uh, I think it was, I don't even know if it hit 150 million. Yeah. The budget was only 104, which is really, really low for a superhero film. It makes me actually think a little bit more about the special effects and how they did as much as they did with such a lower budget. But I also think that they, they didn't have to spend a lot of money on the the cast because these people were virtual, no, not virtual nobodies, but you know, they weren't all established actors and actresses in the United States outside of George Lopez. So I expect he probably got the most money, but you know, like even Gal Gadot, I think her first role as Wonder Woman, she got paid maybe like, what was that 500,000 or something like that? <laughs> so something on the lower end. So, but they're thinking that it may actually still turn profit just because the budget for the movie was so low. Mm-hmm. So when you start factoring home entertainment sales and things like that, they think it may produce a profit of like 25 to 75 million, depending on how well it does there. So of all of the ones that were listed, the one that's performing the worst, honestly, is the one that is expected to profit. And they don't know what to estimate for Aquaman because the first Aquaman did really well, made over a billion dollars and then DC happened and it took a while for us to get a sequel and now we're here and there are no positive things that have been said about this film. And they're saying that the budget is $205 million with marketing possibly hitting $100 million. And they haven't even got to that yet. And then on top of that, they don't, they're on strike. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. I really do, I honestly, I really do feel like if the actors of Blue Beetle were able to kind of go out and do whatever they needed to do, go to some of these mm-hmm. Spanish speaking countries, speak their Spanish and were able to get the word out, I think they probably would have been able to do a little bit better. I honestly do because like, I really think that people don't, people don't, Appre- well, not appreciate, but people don't really put into stock the importance of the actors actually going out and promoting the film. Like, think about it. Like, if we were able to get a George Lopez or what's the guy, the dude who's playing Jaime, what's his name? Um, I cannot pronounce his name. Um, Solo Maggiuno, I believe. For the sake of this, we're just going to call our man Zozo, okay? For the sake of that, right? Imagine Jaime and George Lopez Solo. on a press run. Who? I'm oh, sorry. I was looking at the fanatical spelling. Okay. So imagine those two out on a press run going to the different um, news outlets and going to these different junctions and junkets and stuff 
and saying something hilarious and it getting shared a thousand times, two thousand times, three thousand, four hundred thousand times on TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. or what have you, right? And people would have been like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that this movie was coming out." Right. Because you would think, but honestly, I think it's because it's Warner Brothers. They probably couldn't afford the extra kick they needed in marketing since they're not paying. You know what? What they could have did was the money that they were giving these actors to do the press run, they could have put it towards marketing. Like, you know, and I think some of this may even wrap, be revolve around the fact that this movie was never originally intended to be in theaters. You know, this was one of the movies that they were originally trying to pitch to just streaming only. Mm. It's almost like someone dropped the ball along the way. Like, hey, it's actually going to theaters. We should talk about it. Um, but I don't know. That one's that one's still sad to see that on that list, but at least it'll be profitable. We don't know what's going to happen with Aquaman. We are all expecting a big fail. Um, so that would be what that would be. But I'm yeah, really, I mean, I'm expecting a turnaround once we get the first film with James Gunn. I really am. Like, I really feel like Aquaman is going to be the end of the era of these trash movies for DC and that we're going to go in to hopefully do something a little bit more positive and better. Hopefully. But I mean, once again, I don't understand how a studio that has this much source material, this many characters and all the movies that they have put out, majority of them have not been great. It doesn't make sense. And even the ones that are successful aren't that great the um i agree i agree but i guess something positive for dc um james gunn was interviewed um recently and he was talking about how one of the things he doesn't think that marvel probably did the best with was managing their timeline of events um, there's a there's a lot going on. This you know things are released, and then suddenly that movie takes place before something that you saw three years ago. Like there's you know those those continuity issues where you can't watch straight through and think that everything is actually going to be in chronological order. So he said that he uh, Chantal Dong and Galen Weisman they're actually working to make sure that. You know, they don't have issues with timelines. They want people to be able to watch it and kind of understand exactly where things are without having to feel like, oh, this came out now, but it's a prequel for something way over here or something like that. So I I think that's a positive. I do think that the MCU has not done a really good job of helping us understand when all these things are taking place. Um, especially with as many movies that they release now a year and TV shows. Like you shouldn't have to have a section in your Disney plus just to show chronological order for things that are happening presently in the MCU. So I I can get that, but um, I hope that they, I hope they do it in a sense like that DC universe we watched with those movies where we were, Every movie connected, it was like one after the other, all the way down the line. And not once did you feel like you were thrown off with how things were happening. So what are your thoughts here? I'm the wrong person to ask because, you know, I didn't care about how they threw that stuff at us. I was just eating up the content and I just loved it. And um, 
I take it a step further. And what I don't understand, I look it up and I understand that everybody is not like that. I understand that people mm-hmm. would like to be able to press play on Iron Man and then be able to watch every consecutive film after that in order to get the hell. What the hell is going on? I get that. I get all of that. However, again, I didn't care. I, I think I keep thinking about Stephen A. Smith. I don't care. I don't care. Give it to me. <laughs> Put it in my veins. Even the stuff that y'all hate, y'all think that it's too woke, is this and is that. I am eating it up. So this okay. Yeah. I, okay. I get it. I get that just because I'm the same way. We have been so invested in this. You could just give me something and tell me where it's going to fit in and I'll put some pieces together later. I'll put two and two together. But it don't I, matter to me. I I think do think it does hurt people who aren't aware of this type of content, though. Like, you just had someone who just decided they were going to watch something and they're like, oh, where, where do I start? You can tell them where to start, but naturally they might think that, oh, okay, well, these are coming out like this, like, Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, so I'm going to watch all three of the Iron Mans. Not knowing that there have been things that happened in other films along the way that have impacted some of the storyline of Iron Man. That's true, too. And they can't can't just watch it because there's like two or three films in between each of those. So I get it. But Mm -hmm. it's also like, I would have loved to have watched that and then just watched Iron Man 2 or whatever. And then... I saw something that I connected the dots. Like, wait, they talked about this and this one right there. But again, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. how my brain works. So that I would have loved to do Mm -hmm. that. I just, hopefully we're not creating a generation of people that need things to be dumbed down in order for them to be able to follow it without having thought to just kind of, (sighs) but again, this is not school. This is not college. This is, or job. Mm -hmm. This is people sitting down to watch something for entertainment purposes and I guess they want to it to be not as dumb as possible. I'm not going to say that, but I just just clear. Mm-hmm. I need to watch. I think Iron that's what it is. They... Then mm-hmm. Thor, wherever else, to build up but, to the actual Avengers movie. I don't you, know. And you know what Marvel did is something that no one ever anywhere else has done. So it's kind of like. You it, you hear those concerns, but this is still probably this. I don't think we'll ever get something this developed again, mm-hmm. where you have someone like create movies and universes around all of these movies. Like when you think about the number of films that have been released because of what they created, it's just like it's. And I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. It is not very smart of you to think that some a collection of films like this being re- um, released isn't going to require you to have a little bit of guidance. <laughs> a little bit, like I don't. That's like why I, just a little bit of guidance. <laughs> I feel like. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't read comics, right? I tried y'all. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. You can suggest all you want. That yeah, but. Isn't this kind of how comic books are? Isn't that how yeah. they kind of multiple they do runs it? of comics happening at the same time? Some of the events might cross over, or it'll be one series of comics, and this thing is connected to this. But then other things may have come from that too. So, yeah, the comic book world has definitely been like that. So I, when I I, even when I decided, what was it like a year or so ago when I first got mm-hmm. Marvel Unlimited, the first thing I did was like when I wanted to learn more about the WandaVision stuff, 
First thing I did was Google and find out what order of the comics I needed to watch in order to see the full picture. It was right. literally so, the first thing I did. I think, and again, like I said, I think that Marvel, I think for a while was able to do it because it mirrored comic books. And I think people who are a true fan of comic books can really kind of appreciate that type of um, cinema or content, however they want to display it. However, with the popularity of it mm-hmm. and people from all walks of life, life, not just people who read comic books, Marvel films appeals to a lot more than your regular comic book reader. I guess, so I guess to make accommodations, I guess it would make sense to kind of dumb it down. Not, I'm, let me stop saying that. I'm not going to say dumb it down, but I guess make it in a way that is palatable for people to kind of pick it up, eat it, digest it, take what they want, spit out whatever they don't, and be able to go on, continue to do whatever. I guess that's something that people necessarily they won't. I'm not some of those people. I don't care because I'm going to eat it up. But I, I guess. I guess. But then again, but isn't that what people have been requesting of DC? Um, As far as what? Creating the big universe thing? Yeah. Or? Ain't that what y'all want? Yeah. But I think that the goal is that the whole universe will happen, but stuff could potentially still be in chronological order in the way that it's releasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he one one of um, James Gunn's things here almost seemed to be the idea that you know instead of having movies that keep having to go back that far, why not do what Guardians of the Galaxy three did was was tell the story, but give you flashbacks as the story's being told to help you follow what could have happened before. Let me tell you something. Flashbacks aren't easy to do, in my opinion. Because a lot of times you could kind of just go a little too heavy on the flashbacks. With Guardians of the Galaxy, it was perfect. It was perfect the way they kind of volleyed back and forth. I get that. But then, matter of fact, when I was watching Superman and Lois, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but I'm watching that. And the way that they're doing flashbacks, it's not really clear that it's a flashback. And it's not until... I'm, the fact that I have the question, is this a flashback? Is it not? If that's something similar that James Gunn is trying to do, like, I don't think... I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know. Well, I can't. Yeah, as long as it's clear, because when you think about... Well, you, I don't think you watched the first season of Arrow, but that was Mm-mm. literally the first season of Arrow. Every episode was you seeing him in the past in the and then in the present at the same time, basically as the stories are folding, showing how things in the present are happening because of something that happened in the past. Right. So I think Arrow was structured that, that way for like the first three seasons. But, but then on top of that, the clips that I have seen, I do know that he looked different in the past. His hair was a little bit longer. They made it clear that it was a flashback mm-hmm. as opposed to what he would look like in the present. So yeah, that's true. I get it. If as long as the flashbacks were done well, but again, I feel like I think this is unique. There it is unique to. I'm not even gonna say DC. I think it's unique to characters that we already have a very firm foundation in. 
Superman is not a character that we need a backstory on, nor do we need an origin story. We have seen his story told so many ways. It is unnecessary for flashbacks in your film, unless you're trying to flashback to when he met Lois or something crazy like that. But even that, we have seen iterations of him meeting Lois for the first time. Mm -hmm. People, Spider-Man, you don't need an origin story. We know. Superman, Batman. I have learned about Thomas and Barbara Wayne, whoever, what's his mama's name? Martha. Martha. I know that Martha and Thomas were murdered, right? And I understand that because Bruce didn't deal with the trauma, he is the way that he is right now. How many times are you going to tell me that Thomas and Martha died? How many times are you going to change up who killed Thomas and Martha's mom? I mean, Thomas and Martha. How many times are you going to change that up? In the way that they died. Who was the one that did it? Where were they when it happened? How many times are we going to change it up? Superman is not a character where we need flashbacks for. I don't think. Although I do like the fact that I know more about this whole thing that he goes to, where he would talk to the AI that are his parents. Mm. Well, his, his dad. So I didn't know that. <laughs> but this is also not technically a flashback. This is all in the present. You're just seeing how it got that way. But that's what I... But, well, never mind. That was a flashback. We did see them go back and show the ship and all this other stuff as a kid. So, or maybe that was in the next season. Either way, if you haven't seen it, it happens. <laughs> I will only take a flashback in this new DCU universe if you want to go back and introduce characters that we are just meeting for the first time. If that's how you want to do a flashback, great. But if you need to do a flashback explaining how Superman came to Earth, I'm leaving. How many times can I you mean, tell us that his planet exploded? It. How many times do we need to see a fat white baby come to Earth in a pod and land in a cornfield? How many times? That's all I'm saying. How many times? I mean, I can't argue. I can't argue. I, I do not like the repetition either. It's like at some point, you know, we all know. So tell new stories, you know DC. You have the characters. Tell new stories. All right. Y'all got me irritated. So, Got two trailer things to discuss. One, Journey to the Marvels from Marvel. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. switching to Marvel because ain't nothing else in DC. And also the release of Loki season two, another trailer. <sighs> October can't get here fast enough. So what do we want to talk about first? The, tra- we can talk the about new Loki. trailer from Loki or the we can do Loki and then we can end on okay, my girl. So Loki. Okay, so first impressions when you watch that trailer, what were they? Tom Hiddleston be acting. He be mm-hmm. acting. He be acting. He be acting. Okay? And it's apparent when they be doing these close-up shots. Um, the way that he mm-hmm. is just kind of taking the character that was thrown away and not really meant to be around as long as he has is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Interesting. I, I just... I don't want to see nobody else play Loki. Honestly, I just want him to play Loki until he is old and gray. Mm-hmm. Where he's limped over and his son has to push him in a wheelchair. That's how long I want Tom Hiddleston to play Loki. I loved it. I, um, Sylvie, I still can't stand. They are going mm-hmm. to new heights in this series. And I'm wondering how big a role 
the series Loki is going to be to the multiverse and stuff going forward because we know that they kind of right. were the ones that kind of branched it out. How much are mm-hmm. they going to be? Um, how big is that series going to play into the ser- to the to the actual universe, the, the cinematic mm-hmm. universe? Because some of y'all playing Loki was a bomb ass TV show. Oh yeah, good ass television. It's definitely, it's definitely like top three of the Disney Plus yeah. series for me. And in general, like it, it was like one of my friends said today that Loki was his favorite. Mm, it was a good. He one. Loved it because so, you got to yeah, see. I was like, watching that trailer and I was like, "Oh, I know." Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say you got to see a side of that character that we wouldn't have been able to see in the movies with the direction that he was going, the type of growth that he has done, mm-hmm. still being obnoxious and mischievous, but for the greater good has always been the sweet spot for me for the new Loki. And you're, you're right. Your friend, I mean, it's a good ass show, but I didn't mean to cut you off. But mm-hmm. Oh no, no, you're good. Um, and I think that this was a perfect example of doing a villain turn hero correctly. Cause we saw him at his worst points, but we've watched every time we've seen him, he's evolving as a character. Redemption. And then for him to technically die and then have this other one have to relive all of that in such a short amount of time by looking at his, um, you know, his past. It, I mean, his evolution has just been dope. Mm -hmm. And like they say, let's jumpstart you. We need to get back to this other thing. And I think that even this version of Loki has evolved because he's, gotten to a point where he he was allowing a love, new love mm-hmm. in his heart. So and making like, connections to people outside mm-hmm. of his brother, who I think mm-hmm. even when they were at odds, I think Thor and their mama were like the only true connections that Loki had. And and we were I don't was it Thor his mama died in Thor too, right? I think so. And then the daddy was Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't seem as emotional about his dad dying, but he was definitely kind of hit him like mm-hmm. a rock when um when what's that mama name? Mm-hmm. I want to call I her Broomhilda, but that's not her name. Her name is not Broomhilda. Frigga. Frigga. There you go. Frigga. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Frigga, like the type of emotion that he showed when she died was like kind of similar to the emotion like that we had with everything was going on with Thor and stuff. So I'm for Loki season two. I'm hoping that we get a little baby reunion between Thor and Loki. We're probably not, but I would love that, but it looks really, really good. And I'm excited because it seems like they're going to different heights. And I'm, I don't know y'all. I know that we're, we're not really sure about Jonathan majors, but the way that he kind of came in and showed his ass on those last two episodes, can you imagine that type of acting throughout the series? My God. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be magic. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Loki's just been a great series and it looks, at least right now, it looks like they took their time, which, you know, that's been one of my complaints. I feel like some of these started to feel rushed and I feel like they're taking their time and they, cause they know they had to make this good. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jonathan Majors having a larger role in something. We've seen how he was in Ant-Man. We've seen how he was in the last two episodes of Loki. So it's just like, and 
I've seen him in Lovecraft Country since Dovecat has not. And um, from an acting perspective, you can't you can't ask for a better actor to be a part of your team because you know they're going to give you a performance every single time. That's true. I tell y'all right now, he who remains did a number on me. And to learn that some of that stuff was mm-hmm. improv, say what? Okay. So, but yeah. Um, right. I'm ready. But, um, okay, so what about the Marvels? The the Journey to the Marvels trailer. What were your thoughts? She did share them already on TikTok, but just in case you're not over there, which is almost blurred, you can find out here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I had to watch it twice. When I saw that cat on her shoulder, I cackled. I cackled loudly because it was so stupid and absurd, but accurate. Mm-hmm. The fact that she was that mm-hmm. cat was on her shoulder just it was hilarious. Um, let me see what else. I really think that we're gonna get a come to Jesus moment between Carol and Monica, which is a given because they're they've been laying the breadcrumbs. Something happened. Someone wasn't or was there. And we are just trying to figure it out, right? Was it you that said that you thought that maybe while Monica was blipped, that Carol was helping Monica's mama? Mm-hmm. From yeah. I think you might be right because I think she was on earth. I think she was there with her um, because to me, it seems it would be equally harsh that Monica's mama died alone with her daughter Blue, mm-hmm. right? And her best friend just mm-hmm. being wherever. I just I just hope that she didn't, you know, like I just hope that that's not how it's going to be. And then mm-hmm. I hope that you're right, that, that Carol was there. And you know that Carol cares because I know it may not have been in this trailer, but in some of the previous trailers in the footage, you have um, Carol, you can see in her ship, that she's living in and there's pictures and newspaper clippings of Monica and her mama, Monica alone. What is it? What's Monica mama name? Uh, Maria. Maria. I'm trying to figure out how she got newspaper clippings. So you can come down to earth and get some newspapers, but you can't come over here and check on me. Right. That's why I think that um, she may have been around and Maria, Maria understood. I think Maria (laughs) understands or understood why she wasn't able to be here. You know what I'm saying? But Monica didn't like that. So. That was I. one thing that I took away from this trailer, and I'm hoping is we're going to get this in the movie. I'm hoping that we get to see a little bit more with um, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. I think like, so. One of the things I want to see is, I, I, and I mentioned this in the, um, the TikTok, that you can listen to it almost blurs. Um <laughs> no, but when I um when I watched it and, and, and I recorded that TikTok, I was like, you know, I feel like we don't know who Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel is. We had a whole movie of her as Carol. She finally was able to break those restraints and let all her power out, and then she just left. And then we didn't see, we have not seen anything she's done in space that has shaped her or has made her the cocky person that she became. Cause she was, you know, she had, she had confidence in Captain Marvel when she was just regular old self. 
but she has cockiness now <laughs> because like if especially if they're doing her like in the comments because you know she's just that being you can't really do much with her like not a lot of people stronger than her so when you like that it's like okay get up out my face so i want to see how she got there so that we can have a moment to at least like her more as captain marvel since she hasn't had that much screen time i have a feeling i honestly and i'm, I'm putting a lot of stock into this director what's her name yeah yeah Mm-mm. No, Nia, Mm-mm. Naya. I'm just, I was saying if you're going to get there, but you yes, Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta. I don't know why I want to call her Yaya DaCosta, but are they related? DaCosta. No, because we, we we looked this up last time when you said we, we both called her Yaya. They're not related. They're not. Okay. But Nia, I don't know. Y'all keep saying, I know y'all probably going to say I'm woke or I'm too woke or yada, yada, yada. Um, I honestly, and I say this about my romance books as well, I think that, which is why I think the first Wonder Woman was as good as it was, is because I really think it's important for women to tell women's stories. And that's not to say that men can't. I just think that in a situation like this, I think that a woman's her her eye would be different because she's an she's a woman, so she could identify with that. Mm-hmm. Wrap that up in the fact that Carol Danvers is a woman on top of being a superhero and all the shit that comes with that. I feel like, and I said this in my video on TikTok, you guys, but like I feel like this film is just gonna be filled with all and filled with all different types of nuances and how things kind of exist and how duality in some of those things. And um Two things can be true. And I think mm-hmm. we're kind of going to see that in this film. And I think that we are, they they better give us where the hell has Carol been? What has Carol been doing while everybody else has been getting their ass kicked? Because even in the, at the end of Shang-Chi, right? Even then she's like, oh, I got to go. And she zooms off. Why does she always feel the need that she has to be the one to save whatever? Mm-hmm. Is it a trauma Maybe. response? Oh, that's what I was about to say. But is it is it um, related to her not being there for Maria? Mm. You know, or maybe feeling like she should have done been around when Thanos first attacked. You know, I don't think I've ever thought about that. Like, how would that make her feel to know that she came back and her being as strong as she is, she could have helped stop this, and she right. wasn't there to do but it. She wasn't. Where where have you been, my girl? Because we know that you've been around. We know that you've been, I'm not going to say in the outskirts, I, but you, I think Carol is mostly in the sky, right? Like universal space is kind of like her realm, I think. And I just want to know why she wasn't here on earth. And with her movie, we know that she kind of has been around since the 90s. Nick Fury has had that. He's had that in his back pocket. He's had her in his back pocket. Not like in a bad way, but like somebody that he can call. But maybe she was the one handling the stuff in space. I don't know. But we know that she's been around since the 90s. And we also know that her ass hasn't been on Earth that we've seen. As, you know what? Maybe she was on Earth as Carol Danvers and not Captain Marvel. Because although they are the same person, I feel like when she's interacting with Monica and Maria, that's Carol Danvers. Mm Mm-hmm. When she's in a work capacity with with the Avengers, 
she's not she is Carol Danvers, but she's not just Carol Danvers. She's also Captain Marvel. And what comes along with I think that? I think that's going to be a, a very interesting thing to see in this movie because this is going to be forcing her to try to be both at one time mm. because she's going to, you know, Monica's there and then you have a child. It was like, even in Endgame when she was talking to Tom, well, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, she became slightly playful in this moment where all this stuff is going Chaos. on. Chaos. It was not the time to be playing, Carol. <laughs> so I think that's going to be interesting. She hasn't really had to be Carol in a very long time. And she's about to have to be Carol and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Miss Khan. I love you so much. I love her. She is like perfect, just perfect. And I, I love the, her parents still, like how she's she disappeared. They all talk, and she's like, "Okay, great, but where is Kamala? Where's my like, baby? <laughs> bring her, like somebody right bring her back because y'all still sitting in my house." Mm. I so. think I think that this film is going to make the connection between the ten rings and that bangle. Because Carol was just like, how the hell did you get this? And she's like, oh, my grandma sent it to me. Girl, it's been in the attic for years. I'm very interested to see what happens when she has on both of the bangles. Like, how does that change her? What will it do to her to have both of them on? Mm. In the comics, do we know if she ever gets both of them? Well, she didn't have them. She just had one, Remember. right? No, she didn't have any of these in the comments. They remember they changed her powers for the series. She's supposed to be like Mister Fantastic, where she can get big and strong and stretch out her arms. That's and right. They didn't like want her to that. be the same. They changed her to this, so this is a completely different Version origin her? for her powers. Yep. Hmm, that should be interesting. I wonder what's going to happen when that, she gets both of them. She just became a mutant in the comics. Hmm. So. so They've already introduced her automatically as a mutant. So, or they just played the music, but still, you know. So, I don't know what that's going to mean for her when these things come on. Is her, is she going to react? We could very well see an example in this movie where the villain gets both of the bangles and we see what happens with her. But when Kamala has them on because she's also a mutant. <laughs> it may have a completely different reaction. We might see her do something that the other girl is not capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Or if each one of them wields different powers. Mm-hmm. And if they do, what happens when they come together? Right. And um, Monica, girl, girl, I've been waiting for you at the door. I'm, when I tell mm-hmm. y'all, the way that y'all got excited to see Black Panther on screen is the way that I am excited to see Monica Rambo on screen. I don't think y'all understand the little girl that is in me right now that is screaming at the fact that she's about to see a brown skinned superhero on the theater screen with natural hair. I don't think y'all understand how excited I am for this. And I know she's just going to be a bad bitch. So Naya, girl, girl, don't disappoint me, please. Please. She looks yeah. dope as hell. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I, I, you know, I generally don't mind spoilers and stuff like that. Even though I did read the 
fake potentially um, post credit thing. Mm-hmm. I I want them to keep whatever happens with her a secret from me. Her moment, I want it to be the first time I see it when I get in theaters. The first time I read anything about it. Because I know she's going to... It's like she's going to have her Captain Marvel moment where these powers come out. And I want to see how they manifest themselves when she does it. And I want to know what situation makes her go that far. Yes, the fact... There's one in the very first trailer that we get. Sis is lit up. Her eyes are purple. And she's levitating. And I just want to know... Girl, girl, can't, can't, in the comics, she's such a badass. So y'all please, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to translate to screen. Mm -hmm. Cause if y'all think y'all had something in y'all hands with the door, Malaje, do this right and see what happens. Wow. We still have until November, but I'm sure more stuff will be dropping. Right. So this one bit of news that I have is actually not really Marvel news. I just was astounded by this. And I just, yeah. So uh, there was a record that Endgame had. Basically, pre-sale record. Mm -hmm. You know, all the people who bought tickets before it came out. That record was $16 million in pre-sales alone. Right. That record has been broken. By who? Taylor Swift. I'm being so for real right now when I say this. I'm being so fucking for real right now when I say this. Okay? <laughs> Do we have to talk about... Are we not going into detail? Bones? I was just shocked that these people paid 30 million... They spent $30 million in pre-sale for, to see her tour in theaters. Why? So I just was astounded. Just never thought that our society would have fallen to these depths. <laughs> so you know, y'all, I, I, re- I respect her as an artist for doing whatever she's doing. She's just not to me. She's yeah, she's just she's okay. She's mid. She's yeah. mid. I don't care. Y'all love the fact that I feel like some of y'all be really trolling us when you say that Taylor Swift, and I'm not going to keep talking about this because it, she really, literally her as an artist, okay, great. She's done some things. She has some bops. I still think that she is not worth the hype. And I mean that. And I know a lot of people say that about Beyonce because there are haters. I'm saying it about Taylor because it's true. She's mid at best. Yep. She's no vocalist. She's no dancer. The only reason why y'all like her is because she's messy in her songs. For the sake of getting it out, being cathartic, all that good stuff. For the sake of that, she's messy and y'all like it because y'all messy too. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to die on this hill. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die on this hill. The fact that Kanye West did that to her years ago. And I feel like now we're just kind of seeing her behaviors and her attitude. I honestly think it was deserved. Trash, maybe. I'm gonna die on that hill. Wait, what? Did, what has she done now as far as behavior? Because I've I've never really seen anything bad. Some of the about stuff that she's been. Um, she can't take a critique, 
And she'll say she'll stand on feminism as to why you, she can't be critiqued or why she doesn't like when some people say that, oh, you shouldn't, how can you say that against another woman, yada, 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 that type of shit. The fact that she had an ex, a boyfriend that was openly racist and she was willing to stay with him until it messed with her image. And I'm just like, honestly, she it took her a while to break up with him because she's just like him. She's probably said some of these things in private. There is so nothing I about. I don't know if I think that but let me tell you something Taylor Swift because, has said because people people can say the same thing about Kiki Palmer <sighs> okay and I, I, you know I don't want to go there but I will because the man that she's with is trash trash and he's been like I think he's been colorist against people he's been basically a Trump supporter and all these other things so it's just like I'm but, not he's trash and I would, but a lot of us don't look at Kiki Palmer automatically because she's dating him because she's still back with him mm. and say that that's the same. She shares the same beliefs. And I feel like if someone is together with someone and they are that vocal about those things and somehow the person they're dating isn't bothered by that enough to walk away from that, it makes me wonder if they share the same beliefs. You know what? That could very well, that could very well be the case. Okay. That could be the case. But I also think um, that we have also had the blanket of that baby who is fresh, who not saying it's an excuse, but when the, he is that the baby father won't, child. that baby won't there when they were dating for two years. That's true, too. That's true too. But and then but also, but then the same thing could be said about um, ASAP Rocky. Oh yeah, I say the same thing still. We can say the same thing about ASAP Rocky. I say all that the same. And you know what? And this could be me contradicting myself with the whole Taylor thing. That's very true, right? There, I, I, Taylor Swift don't even seem like my cup of tea. She don't even seem real to me. And that's when I be looking at her when these award shows be on. Ain't nobody that excited over music. All the time for every single song, I just yeah, I, I did the same thing. When she she be hopping up like it's the first time she heard it, and she's just so happy that they chose the song that like was her favorite on the album every time. It's so weird. It's and I it feel like so it's weird. performative. I honestly feel like it's performative. I really, really do. And um, and like I said, and again, we don't know these people. Mm-mm. You know we don't. what what we know. <laughs> Is what has been portrayed to us via that social was a media. Swift, a swift thief spirit just came through. Clearly, not like, my mic out the way. But um, <laughs> but like we don't we don't know these people. We don't know these personalities. Mm-hmm. We don't know who they are as a person. We don't know if that these conversations with ASAP Rocky Kiki specifically, what we know that their men have been vocal about being colorist, misogynist, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Like I know how some people present on the internet may not necessarily be who they are. In mm-hmm. private or true. offline, you know, and who's to say that these conversations haven't been had with specifically to Rihanna and Kiki about their men mm-hmm. being trash? And who's to say that they mm-hmm. haven't been like, hey, look, this ain't gonna rock mm-hmm. with me and whatever, 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 right? But because they have <clears> put this out here on the internet for us to kind of consume and like, it's gonna be hard for us. It's gonna be hard for us because, like, mm-hmm. some of those tweets with Kiki's baby daddy was like from 2016. I'm not the same person I was in 2016. But 
But I don't, it, I don't I think it was just the tweets. I think it was the tweets combined with his present day activity that still him. mirrored the same behavior. It, it will be the same person, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe Kiki had that conversation. I bet you we won't see nothing else. I bet you there won't be nothing else public said about any his opinion about whatever. And if he misses her like that again, then they're going to be gone. But Back to the whole Taylor Swift thing, Taylor Swift thing, Swift thing. Um, her man recently said something. Her ex had recently said something when it had came back out. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. The same thing could be said. But mm-hmm. again, how I feel about Taylor Swift might be clouding my judgment a little bit about her as an artist. I still don't think she's that talented. I think the fact that she's white and blonde and she's attractive kind of lends to the fact that she's been so successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt that at all. And I think y'all who think that Beyonce is not better than, and I'm not even a, I'm not even part of the Beehive like that, but I have eyes and ears that work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was telling people this last weekend, I said, I went to go see her in concert for the first time during the formation tour. I said, I would not have considered myself a part of the Beehive, but after seeing her in concert for the first time, I could understand why somebody would be acting the way that they did because it was one of the best things I've ever seen. And to hear that the Renaissance tour has taken that and then multiplied it by four just says a lot. And you you can dislike Beyonce in a lot of things, things you cannot say. One, she can't sing. Can't She's say that. lying. The mic be on. <laughs> There's some of y'all out there that think that just because someone said that they think that they can sing, that that means that they are the best singer. Of course, there are singers out here who have much more range, have a lot more power and stuff like that. But when you can uh, combine her singing ability with the fact that she be dancing on stage the whole time and the fact that she writes her music, the fact that she creates a visual spectacle for you every time you see her drop anything is what helps set her apart from other people. This is not to say that Taylor Swift is... She's done exactly what she needed to do to be successful. And that's her business. Congrats to that. But to try to pretend like from a talent level that she is anywhere beyond someone like Beyonce, who is selling as much, if not more than she is, is bizarre. You cannot pretend like bizarre Beyonce is not more talented than this girl. That's why it's so weird. To me, to me, the only thing that she has over a lot of people is her writing. I've there were certain things that I ended up seeing that were the lyrics of some of her songs that I didn't know was from a song. And I was just reading it just like, oh, this is dope. And I'm like, where is I Google, I'm seeing what it is. And I'm like, oh, this is a Taylor Swift like poem. Or something. No, this is a whole song. I was like, okay, well, I can, I can vibe with these lyrics. She can, t- she can definitely write, but to act like her vocals are anywhere near half of the people out in this industry, to act like her dancing is anywhere near this. All I say is, the girl go on stage and she has a good time. If that's what's go, what y'all love about her, then you go for it. That's, but that's I bet your you, business. And then I can say this for those of you who seem to think that Beyonce is not in like a league of her own. Bet money next year when folks go on tours, they're going to have the different costumes, everything. Every single show, Beyonce has had something different. Mm-hmm. Every single show, she has had something different. She has been serving y'all looks and she's been switching up the arrangements of some of these songs. And I'm kicking myself that I haven't or didn't buy tickets for this show. 
Oh, we were going on on September the twenty first. So shut up. But but okay, hold on. We we're on the tangent. We are completely on the tangent. We know about to bore y'all with this because the vast majority of y'all who are listening to us probably don't like Taylor Swift or Beyonce. <laughs> so <laughs> let's wrap it up. But I just thought that was a bizarre ass stat for that to actually happen. That's crazy. So I love her. Something I came across that I thought was very interesting. Where did it go? Did I get rid of it? I did. Dang it. Um, wait. There it goes. All right. So we had a number of shows coming up this year. Uh, Echo was supposed to be, it's, well, supposed to be debuting in November. The X-Men 97 was supposed to be premiering this year. And there were, I think that, Agatha had already been pushed out, but it was Agatha all along. Um, they are reportedly moving Echo's premiere date from November 29th to January of 2024. They still plan on releasing all of the episodes at once, but yes, they they are officially moving that out. Um, X Men 97 has been pushed out until 2024, um, early 2024. And Agatha Coven of Chaos is not only being pushed from winter twenty three winter twenty twenty three to fall twenty twenty four, but they have changed the name of the show once again and it is now called Agatha Dark Hole Diaries. And this is all because of the writer strike and everything else that's striking right now. They're maybe this is their way of trying to be respectful. Maybe this is their way. We well, there's no maybe. We know that this mainly because they need. They know that these movies are going to perform better if these people can promote it. But yes, yeah, so a lot of movement on the Marvel front. Um, they did say that Ironheart, Daredevil, and Wonder Man have all been impacted as well. So we have no clue when those will be debuting anywhere. Quiet as it's kept. I just remember that we had Ironheart coming. I it just hit me when you said it. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. Indeed. Indeed. But, yeah, lots of movement. Um, I think we all expected this stuff anyway. I think the one that I did not expect really was Echo. But I think because of how a lot of negative reception has been anyway, they're probably hoping that they need or knowing that they need this promotional tour to help try to make that show a success. Especially since rumors have been saying it's not that great anyway. So, yeah. What are your thoughts here? All these delays. Well, we know we're probably going to get some more delays because of the writer's strike. I think that hopefully some of these (laughs) um, these other A24s, these kind of indie production studios, what have you, are kind of falling in line with what they are asking. (laughs) And I think Mm -hmm. that if these younger kind of not as established as your Warner Brothers and your Sonys and your CBS and all that good stuff, Netflix, um, that we're going to see some movement. So hopefully, I, th- I think if they want it to be successful, I think kind of pushing it back until the writer strike is in it, I think it's smart. Um, if y'all want people to watch Echo, yeah, you might want to wait till we can put that girl out there and do um, a press run with sign language and an interpreter. Mm-hmm. That's going to get the people to come like, oh my gosh, he's deaf. I want to watch it. 
Or, oh, she looks dope. I want to watch it. Her story seems cool. I want to watch it. Because... Oh, Daredevil's going to be in there. I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to watch it. We've oh, been begging for Daredevil to come back. I want to see him in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all don't like funny Daredevil. I do. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. But, I mean... All of these delays and pushbacks, they make all the sense in the world. Yeah, it makes yeah. all the sense in the world because you I, won't I do think it's it. interesting. What, Did you what see that? that? Who is it? What company was it? They've come to a deal with their actors and actresses and stuff. So they'll actually be continuing their filming and promotional tour and everything. There is a, there, um, I don't know which production company is it. A24? I think it's A24. Maybe. And uh, something else to start with an S. Yeah, so um, SAG actually approved 39 indie projects to shoot after they all came together. And two of the films are from A24. One of them is Mother Mary, which has Anne Hathaway and Michaela Cole in it. And the other is called Death of a Unicorn, and it has Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega in it. That's interesting. That's an interesting cast. Because I said that out loud. Now, see, but yeah, now, it's possible. They're showing that it is possible to, it is, and they're smaller. And see, right. that's the thing mm-hmm. too. I don't know if a twenty four and the other production company are kind of like bluffing to be able mm-hmm. to get people to come and do their stuff by agreeing to this type of stuff. <laughs> um, but it's not. It's it's just gonna make them grow. A twenty four was already mm-hmm. starting to grow, and when you get bigger names like Adam Driver, not too long ago was just in France somewhere talking about this mm-hmm. basically saying and they would like people were saying like Adam Driver don't say nothing to nobody about anything unless he's mm-hmm. promoting his movie that's like that's, right. they're saying, that's the only reason why he really kind of speaks to the press is when he's kind of promoting something other than that he really don't have nothing to say he's not really doing anything and the mm-hmm. fact that he kind of came out was just like if these two lower not lower class but these two smaller production companies are willing to do what SAG is asking them to do then why isn't the bigger companies streaming services not doing the same? And I want to be like, Adam, we know why it's because of money. And what's wild to me is that y'all talk about when we were talking about Warner brothers earlier, and you're talking about, they're really going to be at a loss of $15 million. That's a couple of bonuses for the CEO. Basically. The, that, I mean, and I think it, that's it, something that a lot of people have called out in some of their strikes. It's just like, y'all don't, it's crazy to me that they, the reason why they don't is because they want to line their pockets more. And when I say that capitalism is going to kill us, not just in the physical sense, but look at this. This strike is killing the entertainment industry because the people at the top want to keep all the money as opposed to paying people a fair wage. And then what they were saying, the percentage that they would need to pay more of. It's not even that crazy of a number that they're asking for. Nope. These I think people for the just don't want to give them more. Y'all want to keep y'all money that bad. Y'all want to keep y'all money that bad more than you want to get these people to put to work. And I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all think that AI is the answer, you are mistaken. You better talk to them people at the Flash. Cause that, I bet you AI did that mess and it was ridiculous and awful. And we can tell we can always tell. It don't look good. Don't nobody want to go sit in a theater for two hours watching fake people that y'all have created. 
in these films. It's good because you don't want to pay the people that should be in those films. And that's wild to me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but All yeah. Right. Yeah, the things were kind of quiet on the Marvel side. Um, like other, we talked about the trailers. I think those were the biggest things. So that's really it for blurdy news. So we can go ahead and get in our homework where we had a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So of the three shows, Ahsoka, Superman and Lois, and My Happy Marriage, which do you want to talk about first? I don't know. Where do you want to start? Mm, okay, I think let's start with let's get Superman and Lois out of the way. Okay. Okay. So Superman and Lois, we watched episode seven, which I believe is called Man of Steel. And we finally Okay, does he now make sense to you who he is? No. What did he say his name was? Man of Steel. No. He's what, the, he said his real it's John Henry Irons in the Superman movie. The black guy who was also a Superman. That's him. Okay. Okay. I, I thought as soon as he said his name, you would have been like, oh, that's him. And you were like, yeah, I don't know what his name is, actually. So, Mm-mm. yes, that's just John Henry Irons, the guy who was a Superman. And the Superman movie, well, Reign of the Superman, but clearly I'm the only one who remembers that. You are. So, I remember the character because the character had a hammer. Okay, so I'm about to ask you a question now, and I, it's very important you remember this. What was his daughter's name? In the daughter he had with the daughter he had with Lois. In Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. I think it was Natalia. Natalie. Damn it. I'm just asking that you remember that for next episode. Okay. I It was a lot easier for me because, you know, I was watching these episodes back to back to back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, depending on how much time goes between you seeing this one and the next one, that detail is important. may be missed. It may okay. be missed. So, so just keep that in mind. But um, what were your thoughts on the, the flashback, seeing what drove him to do the things he's doing now? There isn't anything that proves to me that he would need to come and kill the universe that we're currently in Superman without any of, I don't know. I get why he was doing it. I think a lot of that is out of grief and stuff and just trying to kind of wrestle with the fact that Superman killed his best friend and his wife. Um, So I think a lot of it has to do with that, but I don't, why you think that the Supermans from across the universes are all the same, um, which we know that's not the case. And I want to know why he thinks that our Superman is going to change his colors. They explain that. Yeah. They have a full conversation about it. Okay. Um, And... His, I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to spoil that for you. But he does make it clear that his Superman wasn't always like the one that killed Lois. Mm-hmm. So I believe his mindset is if you stop them from getting to the point that mine got to, then you don't have to worry about them destroying everything that you love. Right. Because they they trusted their Superman like everyone trusts ours. And then something happened and it 
he went dark and he was just out here killing everybody. Which do what I've learned from kind of getting back into this world, doing this stuff for the podcast is that if Superman is turning bad, somebody has done something either to him or to somebody. Mm -hmm. So do they say what happened? Okay. You, you see that. Yeah. Okay. They show everything. Okay. So, um, um, yeah, because you, yeah, Okay. I'm trying to think of the stuff that I can and can't say, but I'll say that that you know you see what caused what happened with Superman, and uh, one thing I did think was interesting is Lois is just as bad in another universe when she ain't married to Superman as she is to one where she is because <laughs> she out there on that building with this person recording like the world ain't going to shit behind her. Let me and then you. when you saw Clark slowly come onto the frame, I said, oh, this ain't about to end well for sis. This is what I said out loud, right? Out loud mm-hmm. when I saw Lois' ass on that TV screen. I said, this dumbass is about to die because she don't know fear. She doesn't have mm-hmm. a healthy case of fear, of having a natural fear of things. If I have ever seen one and she does it because she got a battery in her back in Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Why she didn't, but that might just be a character trait. Fearless to get the story at all costs, which is a dumbass move. Mm-hmm. But the f- <sighs> let me go there because this whole pissed me off so bad that you would know <laughs> that this man is still lying about who he is. And yet you would still go and meet him. You would still mm-hmm. want to work with him. Are you dumb? Are you dumb? You are right. dumb. You be making these poor, she be making these poor ass decisions. And again, it's because of Clark Kent being at her beck and call. That's all that it is. Because the fact that you will go and knowingly meet a man that you do not know, that you know is lying about who he is. And because you have to get the angle, you have to get the story, you have to know who he is, you go anyway. Yeah. Lois is, she's Lois is. Oh God. And on top of that, he pissed me off so bad. Lex pissed me off so bad because you can tell. Oh, wait, what? hold on. You didn't catch that. What, Lex? Well, one, that you know, that he's not really there, Lex Luthor. I know. He, but I know, I know, <laughs> I know. He's not there, Lex Luthor. Um, and they know that he's not because they did a very good job of explaining that he is not of their Lex Luthor, right? <laughs> Which was made clear to me. It. It to me, it appears that he has a soft spot for Lois, not because he's like in love with this particular Lois. Is that because she looks exactly like his Lois from his Earth? Um, but he still was about to take out her husband for whatever reason, and I was just like, "Dang, dang, dog, okay, yeah." He still gets on my nerves, Morgan Wallen. Is an asshole too, but we knew and that you got you got two episodes for 
you to finally get a little bit more about him. Because that was my thing. I'm like, something something is off about him. I don't know what it is yet. And that's I kept thinking that all the way up because I'm like, you know, I'm always just cautious of people who somehow have people who have that appear stronger than them mm-hmm. working for them. That part never makes sense in anything I watch, anything I play in a video game. So it automatically makes me start thinking like, okay, so something is going on with this person for someone to be fearful enough as the visibly stronger one to do what they tell you to do. I thought that too. I honestly thought that when he was talking to that girl about don't be making any more mistakes. I said, you're going to let him talk to you like that girl. Mm hmm. I'm like someone saying something like that to someone and then that other person not reacting in a way that you would expect them to, especially yeah. after seeing how strong they were, says that there's there's a reason that they stay in line. Mm-hmm. And that was what I spent a lot of time trying to figure out. And you have two episodes before they finally open that up for you. And then things that's I'm I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna say it. You're not gonna agree with me because you just said that he's an ass. But I, I'm a fan of who Morgan. I am, I and I was not always. I was not always a fan of Morgan, but he he made me a fan, and you you'll eventually see why. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, I became um... a fan of Morgan. Plus, he's handsome too. I mean, he all right. Um, he's he smooth has, with it. Every time he talks to Lana, it let it makes me think that he knows a lot more than what he is putting on, and he's trying to manipulate the situation with her husband specifically mm-hmm. because she he knows the husband is like loyal to him. Um, and I think that he knows that Lana might be up to something, which is why that he has her close. That's just me. And also, she's the dumbest. Yeah, she and dumbest I think dumbest. that he he knows that she has a relationship with Lois, too, yeah. so he can keep her close and mm-hmm. keep an eye out on on her, too. Yeah. And I was like, she dumb as hell, too, because she don't have a Superman in her back. She just got an alcoholic mm-hmm. husband who ain't going to do shit if something happens to you by Morgan because... He didn't do shit when he was coming on to you at the table and heard it. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. <clears throat> Guess we'll but, see. Uh, let's see. What else happened in that? We saw... I mean, was that really it? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh well, outside, um, of, the outside of John Henry Irons taking down Superman and the brothers having to save him and all the other stuff. The brothers. I got something mm-hmm. to say about the brothers. Jonathan irritated the fuck out of me. <laughs> when oh, what's her what's that girl name? Sam? Susan? What's that what's the girl name? Sarah? Sarah. Sam. Mm-hmm. You got me thinking I'm wrong now. Is that who that is? No. Where what's is her name? I think it, it starts with an S. It does start with an S. Sarah. Sarah, so, okay. So I was right. She he she pissed me off anyways, right? Just because. But Jonathan pissed me off because she was talking to him about Jordan, where he was, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then towards the end, he was just like, I broke my hand, by the way. And I was like, what that got to do with your brother? I think it was intentional. 
because he knew that she was, he couldn't reveal to her why his brother was the way he was right then. So he was using that as an opportunity to make her feel bad. And then him, the icing on the cake was making him, making her feel like you were so concerned about what was going on. You didn't even bother to say, Hey, how am I doing or nothing? So now I got a broken hand, by the way, kind of thing. I think he was using all of that to kind of make her feel guilty and hopefully steered the attention back mm-hmm. away from Jordan. So that irritated me. You might be right, but he still annoyed the hell out of me. Also, Jordan asked, finally being able to focus and then listening in on the conversation between his brother and kind of getting the wrong idea. And it pissed me off when he confronted him only because this is your brother who Mm -hmm. has had your back throughout all the foolishness going on with you, all your anxiety, all your mental health issues. He's had your back. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's always defended for you, defended you. He's always kind of stuck up for you always. And he says that, and that's true. Right. Even to the point where he got his hand broke trying to interfere, which I thought was stupid. He should let them punch him, but they're children. So, okay. But he, that pissed me off too. Cause I was just like, Jordan, get, get control of yourself. You think that lowly of him that you would think that he would be trying to make a move on a girl that you like at the office that y'all been through. That bothered me. Right. But Mm -hmm. Jonathan did something that I would do. He knew that his brother's ears were sensitive to what was going on. So he hit the the wall with his cat. <laughs> and I would do that. Oh, yes. That he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he didn't do it twice. That was funny because he knew it was giving him a heart. That tickled me. I was like, oh, that's trash. But that's funny as hell. I like that because it's something that I would mm-hmm. do. Um, he's already down. Let me hit him down. Let me kick him while he's down. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. trash. I really do. Um, let's see. I'm annoyed with Le- um with Lex. Now, does he in pre does he become somewhat of a good guy? Is that what we're building up towards in like the other seasons? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I don't want. I don't know. You know, even I won't even just use that example just for this. It's just like anything else where someone who seems disinvested in a hero, it eventually goes from Black Panther. He was so dead set on killing somebody only to find out that it was not like he thought it was going to be. And then he ended up working alongside Bucky. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that same trope that they're, they're introducing into here just because, I mean, technically he was a Superman at one point. So an an opportunity for them to diversify the cast a little bit and actually bring in someone that could provide some type of value. And also on top of that, what are we how, honestly outside of the Justice League? I think mm-hmm. Superman really kind of works alone, and I think that it's mm-hmm. always refreshing outside of the Justice League to have other superheroes that can help him in some capacity. And not to say that he needs some help, mm-hmm. but kind of sharing the load and the burden. I think mm-hmm. it's always helpful. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but the lights, what's going on with the infrared lights? They be. I didn't know that was something that could make him weak. I just thought it was kryptonite. Oh, no. It was like, a, it's kind of like he used, I don't, because it happened. I, I knew exactly what it, why am I struggling to remember what it is right now? Mm, mm, mm. I don't remember. I 
I'm drawing a blank right now. Mm. But I, I think I kind of assumed that the lights had some either kind of like when you, you know, he's powered by the sun kind of thing. So maybe it was something that was kind of like the opposite of that or something that was being powered in a way by like kryptonite or something. Okay. But I think it might be the, the, the first one where maybe it was something that kind of made him weak just because it was, I guess, draining him of the, that solar energy that kind of keeps him powered. But I don't know. But, mm. so where, where do you think this is going? Where do you think things are going in the show? What do you think you're going to get next? Or you're hoping to get next? I'm hoping that we don't have to wait towards the end of the season for Superman. I mean, for Lex Luthor ass to get on, get on the Superman train. Um, <laughs> it's probably gonna take until you the saw end why of he's and I. I wondered, and I always feel like I missed this part. Was he building the suit for the Lex Luthor in his world? Because he's not Lex Luthor. That's not his name. But the the thing is talking to him as if it is supposed to have been for Lex Luthor. Of his world. And then I just looked it up and it says, well, not looked it up, but I was looking at the description and it says Irons created his suit with Natalie and the AI was initially programmed for Lex Luthor of Irons' Earth. So I'm like, were they friends or is in that universe? He's kind of like a scientist that's working for him kind of thing. I've been trying to figure that part out. Honestly, you know what? I've been sitting here thinking that he is the Lex Luthor of that earth and that Mm -mm. I did Mm -mm. not, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cause they, you know, they tell you, he tells them his real name, which is the John Henry Irons to them. So he's like, that's why I was always wondering in the beginning, like, why does it keep addressing him as Luthor? And then this description says that it was programmed for him. Which I guess makes sense because when we go back to the animated series, Lex Luthor had tried to build a suit that would kind of make him comparable to the Superman there. So it may have been a suit that was created for the sole purpose of trying to take down Superman if they ever needed to. I guess. Maybe I need somebody to pay closer attention. He be be holding his own with him when they be Mm -hmm. fighting. He tries Mm -hmm. with his little Thor hammer. Okay, so let's see. Next episode is called Holding the Wrench. Oh, God. Um, this is... Um, you're going to get a little bit more information about what's going on with Morgan Edge and stuff like that. Okay. But... Lois Lane, let's go into my... Dumb as hell. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I'm sick of y'all. Just dumb. All right, let's get into my happy marriage. In this episode five, it's called Ripples. And so I'll go ahead and say this, y'all. I watched this episode first, which I generally do. And I was sending her text messages. But as I'm watching, like, I'm telling you, I would drag Kaya. She got to die. I would drag this girl. She has She does not deserve to have feet on the earth that everybody else is walking on. She got to die. Awful. She gotta die. So what how what were your emotions through this episode? Because you you saw where it was going. We've been getting hints that they were going to do something to her, and then we see what happens. And yeah, how'd you feel watching this one? Little Mio looks like she's finally kind of getting her bearings. 
She's kind of getting mm-hmm. a little bit more confident. She was wants to walk with Miss Yuri, and to him, it was cute, right? And then they snatch her ass right off the street. Mm-hmm. The one day she forgets her amulet, child. Mm-hmm. I said, I, you know what? When they did it, I screamed. They done took me. Yeah, and I and I feel bad for Yuri because she took that hard because she felt like that was her fault because she rushed her. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all, so, the way that Kudo's about to lose his shit. Mm-hmm. I was wondering because I knew just because of some of the actors well the voice actors and kind of foreshadowing that they were doing that they were going to snatch her I did anticipate it being this early on in this in this in the series as far as the episode or whatever um more things are being revealed Mio does have powers um they're just dormant for right now for whatever reason um it's probably dormant because she didn't have a mama to help her kind of coax them out I bet you that's something that her mama had um but uh woo. okay. What if and this probably ain't right, but you know I like to throw out theories that may not make sense, but they sound good when you say them out loud. Mm-hmm. So the power that they have is okay, where's the bloodline? It's like what manipulating people's minds. What if Mio's mom knew that her husband and these people were basically going to be conspiring against her to get her out of the picture. Well, she said that. And she, and she used her powers to manipulate people's minds to suppress Mio's powers so that they would not use her in the same way. She was basically married off to try to have offspring and all this other stuff. What if she intentionally did that? And that's why her powers haven't manifested themselves. Cause I, I just imagine you are a woman who has these powers and you're seeing the type of greed that's existing around you to get you. Mm-hmm. Because these pe- these families are not very concerned about their kids knowing what they feel. They just be talking about shit around them like it's nothing. So what if she knew when she had her baby, just like a lot of parents think, like they have a kid and they just see the world differently, that she looks down and sees, I don't want that to happen to my daughter mm. kind of thing. And she uses her powers to suppress her, her, her powers. I don't know how that could have benefited Mio in the long run, knowing how terrible her father is. But like, what if that's the case? Like it's there. She's just intentionally made it so that she, she doesn't have them and hopefully they'll just Mm -hmm. let her go. They won't. I just put the, 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 I'm stuttering. Cause I was trying to say the name and I know it's, I was about to call it, say it Tara Masu, but that's not right. It's to Siri something with a T. Anyways, that guy, he knew that Mio didn't have powers. He didn't care that she didn't have powers. What he was concerned about was the line that she came from, the bloodline that she came from and having that Mm be, he was willing to risk the fact that she didn't have powers, that she would produce a child that did, which is not even guaranteed. Mm -hmm which I thought was kind of wild that he would, yeah. I was just like, don't nobody think it's crazy that he's basically kidnapping this woman. 
Ain't nobody, I was like, ain't nobody, nobody saying that. And then on top of that, to your point, I don't know if I would go as far as saying that she manipulated the minds, but she definitely knew that her time was coming to an end because she told me of that. She was just like, I'm not going to have much time with you. Like, I'm, so I'm wondering if she knew they were going to kill her. She was cool with that. Or maybe they didn't kill her. Maybe she died of natural causes or maybe she died. I don't know. They haven't really said, and I don't know if that's important, if it's going to be revealed later. Um, but everybody's quest for power, um, which is interesting now that I think about it, everybody's quest for power, Kudo, who has it, doesn't necessarily care to have more, but doesn't mind wielding that power to get a certain you know, thing or get a certain way, right? And everybody else who is searching and quest- on, a, on a journey to get the type of power that he has and Mio not caring about any of it, just caring about him as a person. And they care about like, that's how they care about each other because neither one of them are seeking anything from the other. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm wondering if these nightmares are her, her powers trying to get manifest themselves. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They still don't know why she's having all these nightmares. She's Mm-mm. just having them. So, like, and I thought it was interesting that Kudo interest- was able to pick off that he could feel the powers being used mm-hmm. when he came and when he had his luxurious locks out, and they were kind of blowing in the wind of his house, like he had a Beyonce fan on, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. he was just like, "Wait a minute, the barrier around the house hasn't been disturbed. Why am I feeling remnants of power?" And I'm just like, "Connect two and two, dickhead." You know it's your girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's still acting a dumb. But also, what's his the dude that's under him, Gordo? Um, the one that keeps flirting. Yeah. Um, what is his name? Because he needed he got one more time. What things don't go well for him. I thought it was Gudo uh, Gordo. Start with a G, right? Godo. Godo, right? He was giving me like terrier mm-hmm. vibes. Like Mm-hmm. I'm so excited that I'm invited with the big guy to go to dinner at his home with his fine ass girlfriend, fiance, who gives me, who's yeah, nice it's... to me and feeds me. Like it was really giving me like terrier energy. And I was just like, you going to get popped down. I mean, mm-hmm. Kudo doesn't see. Um... He doesn't see. But I was like, Kudo. He don't play. And I want to come to Mio. He was even pressed when they came to visit him for lunch. He was like, what's going on? What's wrong? What's going on? What's wrong? I'm going to bring you some food. He was like, that's it? Okay. Are you for real? Are you sure? Okay. We'll be safe. Go back home. I don't know. It was weird. But... Well, I guess we'll see next episode. It's called Determination and Thunder. Mm. Oh, Kuji. Kenji. Kuji. Kuji. Anyways. I was wondering how he was going to find Mio without an amulet. And then here comes Kuji. He knew. And I didn't know he had powers either. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, I I don't think we had ever seen them be used. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was the assumption that he had powers. Then they would get an offspring together and be a great magical Well, then what's crazy is family. that him and Kaya getting together, right? They would have bore mm-hmm. a child more than likely with powers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it may not have been. His family just don't want that one. Exactly. <laughs> um, which I think is interesting. And Kaya asked, she was like, wouldn't you rather be engaged to my sister? So I could be engaged to Lord Kudo? 
I said, girl, you wouldn't have lasted. And that's what's crazy to me is that she wouldn't have lasted a day with Lord Kudo and the assumption or the audacity to think that, of course, he would want you over Mia. Right. What is her power? Because she's used it. Because she has one. She can see. I saw. I know. I thought she could see like monsters and stuff. Was it okay? Hold on. I swear, did she make a monster and could see through the eyes of those creatures or something? And that's how she was able to hear certain conversations or something. With that, the origami, In my mind, the origami birds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she uses them to. Okay. Yeah. She's got a whack power. I probably try to find somebody else too. I just remember. I just remember when they were <coughs> testing her powers to see if she had any, and she was freaking out because of what she was seeing. He says, you have the sight of something about paranormal. I don't know. I'm not going back even mm-hmm. to figure it out. What, about Mia? Uh-uh, about Kaya. Oh. When he actually, he names her power. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, though. Let, let's see. Okay, so that was what I said. The next episode, again, is going to be called Determinations Episode 6. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to our last bit of material, which is Ahsoka Episode 3, and it is called Part 3, Time to Fly. What were your thoughts and feelings here, our resident Star Wars expert? I am not. <laughs> I am not. However, I do have a few thoughts is that I now understand how the Imperial Army is able to keep coming back. Well, I think one of the people that was on the call with her is a part of it, too. Yes, the Asian guy, Senator. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember his name, but I knew just how he was responding to things. Just felt like he was trying to make sure she looked like someone who was doing this for other reasons. Yeah. So then it was crazy because I've said this multiple times on all the shows that I be watching with the Star Wars, especially the shows where we are post like this imperialistic army or whatever. Right. We are post that. In every show I'm getting, I see why it's easy for them to come back in and come to, and grow to power. I see how it is so easy because the New Republic is just like, no, we got rid of them. No, baby. You got to keep working to make sure they don't come back. And y'all don't do that. Y'all really think we made them pledge loyalty to us. So what? Right. We pledge allegiance to a flag. And it's like, it's almost like forget America. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I just, I just, every time I watch a show, I'm reminded of why they're able to get bested every single time. Y'all weak. That's number one. And that's why the people be getting so upset. The foot soldiers, the rebellion is the reason why the new Republic is able to make any type of ground. They tired. They need backing from up here and y'all just trash. That's one thing. Ahsoka is so seasoned and so chill. All the time. All the time. And it's like for her to not really kind of agree with the Jedi teachings anymore, sis, that's her way of life. The way she carries herself is like a Jedi, even though she kind of feels some type of way about that. You know, so it's like 
she just be, she be talking all calm and, and I just be like, Ahsoka, the situation is dire, my friend. And you haven't reacted at all. Like not in a way that I feel like there's no urgency. Although we all know how serious the situation is. Ahsoka's just like, I got it. I admire and envy her. I love her so much. Um, let's see what else. <clears throat> the girl, the blonde, the Jedi. Mm-hmm. She dead behind the eyes. Yeah, she's a little, little what's her name? Hati or Haiti or something. Dead like that. behind the eyes. When she was flying that plane, I said, Is there any life there? She's playing it so Man. well. She when I say that girl is dead behind the eyes, she ain't got no warmth, nothing. It almost makes her look like she's like under mind control. Yeah. How flat <laughs> it is. Like you, you see, like, uh, yeah, you're dead behind the eyes is the perfect description of it. Like you just, it's void. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. I don't, I don't know. I think she might be the one to flip. I could be wrong. The way that she's not really trusting mm-hmm. of Morgan. Why does it kept the only reason why she's following Morgan is because her master's following Morgan. If her master wasn't following Morgan, she wouldn't be following Morgan. If her master was just right. like, cut her head off. Yes, master. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have bothered her not one bit. She is so obedient <laughs> in that way. So I don't know. <laughs> the way that they be shading the hell out of Sabine, I don't like it. Eating her alive. Who Yang? Like just trying like to whatever train. Whatever to say. She was like, did you really say that to her? I did. And I would say it again. I'm not lying. Because it's true. <laughs> and Ahsoka was like, damn. Straight with it. He was harsh. It's <laughs> like, damn, who you? Let me say something. The th- All the droids on that show that are a part of the rebellion are in need of financial compensation because they be going through. Have you noticed that? Who Yang has been through a lot. He is over 500 years old. Or is he over 500 years old? Or he has his knowledge spans back 500 years. Either way. Either way. Hu Yang has seen a oh, lot. They say he's, he served the Jedi Order for thousands of years. See, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, <laughs> he's really, they talk about, she was like, Sabine was like, is he gotta be like this. She was like, it's the programming Jedi order, yada, yada, yada. And he just be saying whatever the hell he wanted to say no matter what. But that be, he be scared. They be scared. <laughs> be scared. <laughs> and they, they, they scared. C3P, what's this? C3, C3PO was scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. R2D2 probably be scared but can't because he used to belong to Vader. Okay, he like he has seen it all, seen it all, and and oh. he with Luke right now, so he he can't he ain't got no way to, way to be scared. But C three PO, the girl that was on the last episode, the droid, she was scared when she was talking about the imperialists. She was who young? Got I feel like they letting them these these robots is getting whooped, and then they putting them back together together with the memories, and they're like, oh no. I just be like, they need a check. Y'all gotta cut them a check. They've been through enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let me just say, Ahsoka's ass on top of the ship. When she cut that dang, pl- she cut that dang on plane. 
starship fly or whatever in half with that lightsaber, I said, that's a bad bitch right there. Mm-hmm. Ain't oh also I was like I was I was like, she about to go outside. Oh, she is about to go outside. Oh, she is on the ship. I was like, she about to fly to? I'm like, at this point, just do whatever you want to. But you know, because you know, some of them people they can wield the force to kind of navigate through space. We saw it a little bit with um one of the movies with John Boyega <laughs> with Leia. I, th- I can't remember which mm-hmm. one it was, but she kind of got her way back to the ship through the force or whatever. And I, that's what I thought she was going to do. Sis had on a suit mm-hmm. so she could fight. And also, it's not lost on me that they talk about how Anakin was like a beast with the lightsabers. Mm-hmm. It's apparent with Ahsoka. I don't care what nobody say. Sis got trained by the best and you can tell. Mm-hmm. She's a, oh, I love her. She is a bad bitch. I love her. And the way that she's just unbothered, like they got all the time in the world, but they don't. It's giving Omarion. You know, when Omarion, all that drama was happening, Omarion on Instagram Live <laughs> meditating. That's what it's giving because this, Ahsoka's just never been bothered. She and she's not because she's just that confident and was and and she learned it from the best. Mm-hmm. I think people be we. This is Anakin prior to the Dark Saber. I mean, Dark Saber prior <laughs> to being Darth Vader, right? I know what the movies want to say, but that dude was a he was he was that dude on Clone Wars, and I can't wait. He's I know he's coming back in a flashback, but the way that Ahsoka fights. Very similar to that. The way her confidence, very similar to that. And um, it's crazy that you just can't face her. And I knew that the last episode when the, they were leaving and she's chasing him, dude through his lightsaber and he called it and back she, and she just did like this. I, but look, it won't even like a this. It was like a... Right. It was almost like she said, yeah, you can have it. But I want you to know that you wouldn't have got me anyway. Like, I'm going to get y'all. The minute I get y'all. Her confidence. I love her. I, y'all, I love Ahsoka. I love me some Ahsoka. She is. I want to go back and read her stuff, but I feel like I have to do that. I have to watch Rebels, and I'm just not in the mood for that. But I think Ahsoka might have some books. If Ahsoka got some books. I'll piece the shit together. There's a book that came out in 2016 called Ahsoka. It's supposed to... It provides an exciting look into her life between Clone Wars and Rebels. But otherwise, fans are mostly left to more minor mentions in Clone Wars titles. She's in some other books, but I think she only has one book that's essentially dedicated to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another thing. It's called Forces of Destiny, but it looks like looks like they're all canon, but that other one is like they call it a junior reader, so I wouldn't do mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> um I'm debating I like her so much, I'm debating of ordering a t shirt from New Rock Stars. hmm That's how much I like her. Um and I feel like I'll really be in my nerdum if I do that, but Something about those those double lightsabers. I just she's that girl. I'm she's just that girl. Mm. So what are you thinking is going to happen in this next episode? I think we're gonna get hopefully some flashbacks of Anakin. 
Um, he's coming. I know that he's coming. They've already said that he's coming. I don't know if he'll be the Vader that she meets in Rebels or if it'll be before she leaves the Order. And it's just mm-hmm. Hayden. I don't know, but I want that. I would want that. I want that. I want that a lot. Um, or I know that um, Eric Voss was talking about Eric Voss was talking about how oh, Evie. the area that um, <laughs> that Thrawn might be in doesn't kind of, it doesn't really exist in time. The way he kind of explained it made it kind of seem like an area like the TVA that's a part of mm-hmm. the world, but not really. And um, and and I'm thinking because I know that he mentioned something about you can go. It's like kind of like time traveling that you can go back and try to change things, but it may not necessarily give the the effect that you want in the present, that type of thing. So I'm thinking that it might make sense for her or want to go back to a time before she left the Jedi Order where she thought that maybe she had a chance to change Anakin. But something tells me, and we've talked about it here, that Anakin, whether it be her or something else, he was ultimately going to go to the dark side because that was his destiny. No matter what. May it have been after Luke and Leia were born. It could have been then, but something ultimately would have led him to leave his family to go and be on the dark side. So I don't know, but I'm I'm ready for that. Um... But this is good. What do you think? Where do you think it's going? I'm not sure. Like, I, I would love to get a flashback. I mean, I know that we should be if Anakin is going to be making an appearance. So I want that. I want to see um, Ahsoka and Haiti or Hati fight the other girl. I want to see that first. We probably won't get that. I, I, it would be. I, I I want it to be like a fight that starts but doesn't finish because she needs to fight her master and then it ended up being Sabine fighting her. Yeah. But I I want it to be a moment where Haiti sees a loss in her future. Like, oh, <laughs> I just got checked. I feel like something like that may would make her next fight with whoever a little bit more intense because it's like you're not gonna embarrass me like that again. And I think that's gonna be kind of how like Sabine is looking at it too. Like she gotta prove herself. I just feel like it'll be a really good intense fight. Mm-hmm. But I want to see someone fight Ahsoka soon that actually gives her a challenge. Mm. Like make her have to come up out of something to like really come through with the win. Like I, I want that. Do you think that we're going to get an appearance by Bo-Katan? Mm. I don't know. I don't know if we will. It, I feel like we would get an appearance by someone from one of these other series, but I don't know who yet. I mean, it makes sense. I'll say that it makes <coughs> sense for Bo-Katan because I know in mm-hmm. Clone Wars and Rebels, I mean, Sabine was the one that gave the dark saber to Sabine. I mean, to to Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what they said in I think in Rebels, whatever they were. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes the most the most sense to me is Bo-Katan and um, Anakin. In a flashback. All that makes sense to me. Um, I don't see where the Mandalorian can come. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. Um, I don't see where anybody else could come. I'm not sure. I, those are 
I can see both of those. Like now that you're explaining the Bo-Katan uh, connection, I think I can see that now too. Because I don't know, but we have five episodes to go. So I'm hopefully if they're going to start making appearances, they start showing up soon. Mm-hmm. Because be um, it's, it's about that time. And also I remember in the very, not in the very beginning, but in season two of the Mandalorian, Bo-Katan says, I know, a, I know a Jedi. This is where you can mm-hmm. find her. And he was she was talking about Ahsoka. So mm-hmm. they exist in the same universe. I don't know. I would mm-hmm. love to see that. So I guess we'll see. I don't care. Let me just be clear. I don't care to see Bo-Katan again. I don't care if she appears. I don't care if she don't. I don't. I'm indifferent about her. But it would just make sense if they were going to bring in some outside characters. It would make sense for it to be her. Or the Mandalorian because he's already had some type of... um interaction with Ahsoka and you know how they like to do Ahsoka may need some help since they're not getting any help from the um, from the New Republic so that would make sense too for the Mandalorian to kind of pop up and be like well you had my back with my boy I guess I gotta come and help you you know it would be cool it's probably, it's not gonna happen but it would be cool if they find a way to have um, Luke make an appearance because mm. he's still out there too mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool because I mean he's he's out there. They've already met in this. I think what well, they met in the Mandalorian or something. She knew about the training place and stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, I just assume they did they show them meet. Yeah, because she was like, he yeah, was, okay, I thought so. They did the scene was <laughs> specifically he was training Grogu and he was yeah. talking about how Grogu has the force but not really interested in doing anything about it. And she was kind of looking she at him. She was the one who had that conversation. Like, yeah. you, well, maybe you like, have to let him make the choice or something. Yeah. So much like your father is what she told him. Mm. And I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah, maybe that'll be cool yeah. for him to make an appearance again. Because, you know, I think that'll that'll help some fanboys, too. You know, they got super excited when he showed up in The Mandalorian Get, seeing him actually fight in a way that felt impressive. It won't. It, <laughs> that scene was badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you look at every other time before that, it just never felt the same. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like seeing him do all this stuff, like, oh, now I get why people are talking about this. It even would make like, like we've seen examples of it making stuff like Anakin look badass. Because, like, when you go to the original trilogy, it's like, I guess. But then you see his prequel, and then when you see him pop up in um, Rogue, One. Rogue One, and kill and it was like, oh, so this is why people are scared. <laughs> this is this person that people are scared of, or even in what was it, um, uh, Obi? Mm-hmm. It was just like you got the fear. Yeah. So I- I'm hoping that you know we get more examples so we can say the same thing about Luke. Like, okay, you know, I can see how he would have been a threat. I can see how he would have beat somebody like uh, Darth Vader if we had a version that didn't look as simple as the one in the original trilogy. Like, if they were to modernize and be like, okay, this is what that battle looked like, I'd be like, yo, I get how he could have held his own. But let's hope. You know, that's that's one of those those hopes that probably won't happen, but it'd be cool. It would be cool. But as per usual, um, Ahsoka would not be telling us the name of the episode until it airs. So don't know what it is. Have no way to infer what the next thing is really going to include, but 
we will be talking about that next week. And also, Disney, Star Wars, whoever created the theme song is not as badass as it needs to be for my girl. Like, The Mandalorians, <laughs> his song is badass. But you know who's opening this badass? Who? My happy marriage. Because sis be singing. She be singing the song. She be singing it, and I be loving every bit of it. Like, I'm going to put that on my uh, my Apple Music when I'm working out. And I'm going to have, like, that mean face on, but I'm going to be listening to that in my ear. You know what I do when I hear that? As soon as that Skip first intro. cherry blossom falls. <laughs> Skip intro, because I don't care about her. I don't care about it. I don't care about it. I don't care about it. I don't. I don't care about it. All that damn singing. I don't care. Uh, Are y'all finding me or like, not? And that's another like thing. The in the building. <laughs> that's another thing. Me, y'all better not be kidnapped for three episodes. Oh yeah. You won't have to worry about that. Okay. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> Yo ass better be back with Lord Kudo by the end of episode six. Because in my mind, Lord Kudo won't go let her last 12 hours away from him. Like, he probably already, he's looking at them through the door right now. Something and I'm ready me. to see him mad. I'm me so too. ready to see him mad. I hope he lets his hair loose. <clears throat> I hope that he uses his fire and it burns off. The, t- the hair tie, but not what she made, you know, because he's oh. in battle. He's, he only wear that one at the house. It's kind of like a do-rag. But when he out in these streets, he going to just have <laughs> let it burn the thing off and the, you get his little... The fact that you said that his hair was a paid actor took me down. Have you not seen this? Down. <clears throat> this is why I say that, right? And this is so stupid, but it made me pay attention, right? So it's when he's walking the halls and she's dreaming, right? So he's mm-hmm. walking and then he goes back. And then this, it does something. You can see the cut of it, how it's styled and stuff. And it <laughs> moves on its own. And I was like, I rewinded it. Like, rewinded it. I pushed it back. I took it back just so I can receive. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you. And you're going to be like, yep, it is. That baby, All the right. hair is a part of sag after. And there you have it, y'all. On that note, we'll be closing out this episode. (laughs) It's true, and you know it is. But it actually has been a little over two hours, so we probably should. Mm, We probably should. So like we said, if you are not following us on social media, follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Almost Birds. And send us an email at almostbirds at gmail.com. Yes, we we get it. see it we get that's it. all i got yeah so. we um jb has said everything um <coughs> every time an email comes through i see it okay not by choice i probably should cut it off <laughs> but it definitely comes up on my thing and i see it so y'all have any questions matter of fact yes any questions that you might have a little bit of advice that we might be able to give you also any recommendations for anime mm-hmm. or any type of K-dramas or anything blurry related that you think that we should watch, let us know. And also, there's a caveat to that. I have some stipulations. JB might, he might just watch it. Don't send me no mess with no weak-ass female character. Don't send me nothing mm-hmm. when she's a damsel in distress. Okay? I want our girl to be a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. And I want animes that have female leads who are bad bitches. Period. Period. 
But that's it. That's it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, sorry. Also, mm-hmm. if I say this, and I'm going to keep saying it because we're kind of growing over there. If you like books or if you like my commentary on here, I do similar to books. You should follow me on DK Reads on TikTok. Okay. That's where the girlies are at. That's where I be at. And I be having a good time. That's that's where the smut lives. That's where the smut lives. It's not always about the smut, JB. I just want to put it out mm. there. Yeah. I'm just saying. Whatever. It's always about the smut. So, But anyway, y'all, blurs, nerds, everybody else, we will talk to you guys next week.